call me Tim, which isn't really some call me Tim because now that AltaCast is a poetry reading, some call me Tim is kind of the AltaCast. Okay. Well, we have Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, calling in with me, your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm all excited because the poetry reading went really well today. You can listen back to that AltaCast from today if you like. My poems are at the end. They're good. Anyways, so I'm calling Tim now. We are going to listen to some more Katomi. I've fallen in love with her because of Rick and Morty, and she is a Japanese artist, and she's gorgeous and amazing, and I love her music.
there she is with Yo. the perfect timing. It's Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Yeah. I just had to, uh... Sheriff of Truth, are you there? Hello? Sheriff of Truth. Oh, oh there you are. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah. I can barely hear All you. Right. I I have it on speakerphone. You're here. Hello? You're here. Here we go. Does that work? Yes. I'm so excited, the Sheriff of Truth, she called in to tell us all the news. Yay! Yay, the I world's falling like apart. That. Yay! Uh, yeah. On a happy note. No, I don't have any happy notes. Uh, hey, two black men got lynched in Southern California. Excuse me? Yeah. When, when, Tom what, Tim. what, when did this occur? One was two weeks ago, and the other was last week. Lynched? Like, hung in the streets? Or just murdered? Like, uh, one was hung in front <gasps> of City Hall. Oh, uh, during and, a protest? And, no. One of the gentlemen um, did protest. So I can still barely hear you. Uh-oh. Get as close okay, to your no, speaker. You Turn your volume all the way up. I'm all the way up. All right. I'll be quiet then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, there's been two lynchings. And then today, they're investigating uh, nooses found at, uh, at, the, uh, at Lake Merritt in Oakland. At Lake Merritt, they found they found a body. No, they found nooses. Oh um, my God! At Lake Merritt, and so going back to the story that I just mentioned, so in Southern California, um, the two men um, that were hung, they were about um, one was in Palmdale, and then the other one it was in uh, San Bernardino County. And so the police department were trying to say that it was an accident, <sighs> or excuse me, uh, a suicide, which um, we black people don't lynch ourselves if we want to commit suicide. That's not a thing. <laughs> um, but in one of the, um, in one of the, cases, they found out that it's a homicide. Well, I would assume so, if it's a... Yeah, it's kind of hard to oh, but hang yourself with a... <sighs> yeah. And then, um, there is another one in Georgia and in Michigan. So two in Southern California... Oh. One in Florida, yeah. one in Michigan. And this is all in the past couple of weeks because we're just killing black people now willy-nilly? Yeah, so I have the So, okay, I'll read the story from NPR. So, 
there's the one is Robert Fuller, whose body was found Wednesday in Palmdale, California, about an hour north of Los Angeles. The 24-year-old death was deemed a likely homicide for shit uh, by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, they said. And by the way, with that, they didn't even investigate. Um, Fuller's family supporters are pushing back against the department's assessment, saying that the death appears to be a lynching. Um, He was the one that was at a Black Lives Matter protest uh, last uh, last week, and um, he was well. There's also reports of neo-Nazi groups in that area. Not surprised. Um, and then in the neighboring city of West Lancaster, or excuse me, in Victorville, that's the San Bernardino County. Malcolm uh, Harsh was found on May 31st saying that that was a suicide. So, yes, they do lynch people in California. Wow. I mean, it's all falling apart now, isn't it? <laughs> it's with a, I, I mean, it's just the racial tensions that have been there since the beginning of time, <laughs> or the yeah. beginning of our time, are now finally coming to the surface, and we're being forced to deal with them. And yet we're still sort of turning a blind eye and saying, "Oh, it, it's it's not that. It's this. Oh, oh, really? Oh, it's it's a it's a suicide? No, this it's a homicide. It's, it's people being murdered because of the color of their skin." The thing is, it, what it, it, what sounds really suspicious and dirty about it, the fact that both these cases they stated it was a suicide without investigating and doing an autopsy, and then one of the gentlemen, I believe it was Fuller's body, they found traces of blood um, on his shirt and on his body. Not his blood? So, yeah. So then, whose blood is it? Let's get those people. <laughs> well, they're, 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 uh, the family has hired a uh, uh, different people to uh, investigate the body, or excuse me, to do autopsies. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, what sounds really fishy is that it sounds like an inside thing. <gasps> and the reason why I say that is because how dismissive the cops were about these two men and their homicide. Yeah. It's either some someone they know or someone on the inside. I mean, it's got to be it's got to be an inside job because why would why would they so quickly dismiss it as a suicide without when there's blood on the body? I, I mean, it's like this. It's like the cover-ups that happened years ago where um, bodies were dragged and they said, "Oh, this is where this happened," and the body was clearly dragged. And we talked about the man in Texas. Yep. I don't know if it was in it was somewhere in the South, and I don't know if it was Texas, but I remember us talking about it on on the Altacast show, and it was. It was a, a a young black boy had been murdered by the police, and then they tried to cover it up, and they did it really poorly, but they still kept covering. But they were like, they, you could tell they moved the body. So it was one of those things where, like, it's clearly a cover-up. But when, if the police are doing the cover-up, they're the ones that know how to do it. <laughs> so. Well, 
Well, police aren't that smart. I mean, because they don't do a good job at anything. The thing <laughs> is, the, the public has finally, well, we as black people have finally said, that's enough. And then the public, the rest of the public are like, it's a vote of no confidence in the police. It's basically what we're saying now is that. Oh, yeah. I mean, just last week we had the NYPD union, uh, one of the, someone from the Empire, in, uh, NYPD crying, saying that y'all were being treated like thugs and, and like a mob. I'm like, well, sounds very familiar how we were treated with you guys. Uh-huh. Not were, but are. So, I mean, and then, you know, we also have the murder of um, Ray Sean in uh, Atlanta, another police shooting. And then today, just the news today, that officer who murdered, the Atlanta cop uh, uh, is charged in the death of Ray Sean Brooks. That happened over the weekend. Um, the Atlanta police officer fatally shot uh, Rashad Brooks um, has been charged with felony murder. And this gentleman, so this gentleman saw was, he was intoxicated, but his car was not moving. He had fallen asleep in a Wendy's drive through That was it. And so he was killed because he was sleeping in his yeah. car. Yeah, there's a whole video. They were talking for a half an hour, and the guy was like, I'll walk home. And even one of the cops, before the other guy, the other cop came, um, was like, well, you can just sleep in your car and chill here. That was the one cop. And then the other cop, the one that shot him, came to the scene later. And, of course, you know, pigs being pigs. <laughs> Uh, I just sent you a Zoom because we might want to try to do the sound on the Zoom. It might be better. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. So I just sent you one. And we'll try that. Um, I'm bringing up a little music. See if we can get on that Zoom because I think it's louder. And we'll be right back.
Katomi, I'm obsessed. Don't you love it? Of course you do. MutinyRadio.fm. Try it again. She's back. Yeah. There, that's way better. Oh my God, that's 200 times better. Okay. Yay, Yay. now it works. I I don't know why I didn't do that. The Zoom, though. Huh. Well, okay. So, uh, yeah. What was I? Uh, Yeah, so the Atlantis cop is being charged. Uh, with murder. So good, great. But yeah, but the world is still on fire. Well, absolutely, and things are super scary, and uh, like everybody's sort of coming out now again, and not believing in COVID. Or I mean, and now everyone's talking about the second wave that's going to be coming. And we're I mean, not done with the first one. No, uh, yeah, I heard the. And then there's. The, the bar in Florida where they everybody broke quarantine or something and everybody got it. And yeah, now in San Francisco, like we're opening up for actually. outdoor seating and people are kind of coming out of their homes and not wearing masks. Not and yeah, I'm not ready for that because the reason why, um, because we're not done with the first wave mm. on top of the fact being in crowds right now is still not safe and then it's surging so it's not done the thing is people americans are impatient as fuck and can't sit down and people are going to start traveling in it's it's going to get bad it's going to get worse yeah well it's like what happened i'm not ready to go to the bar it's what happened in uh in the around the turn of the century, there was a huge flu, the Spanish flu, and um, Philadelphia didn't close down, and their numbers were crazy, and a lot of other, and this is like you know 120 years ago, and that and the second wave, and it's like can we learn a little bit from history? Maybe like the the only thing that confuses no. me is that at least in San Francisco proper, the people that are the most vulnerable, the people on the street, are still there. And still, I mean, 
Now they're saying, oh, being outside is better. But if you're living in a tent, I, I'm not sure how that's going to help the stop of COVID. <sighs> yeah, like, I know, like, uh, stores are starting to open up, like, clothing stores. And, and number one, this is not a time to shop anyway, because why would I want to try on something not knowing if someone else's funky, ill body <laughs> has been in the same pair of pants that I'm trying on. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right. I, Well, everyone wants to look good for the end times. But that's the thing. Do we really uh, – are we opening up because we need to buy clothes? I think that we all have enough clothes unless you just are too lazy to do laundry and you're like, I need to go out and buy more underwear. Like that I understand a little. Well, but you need a new pair of jeans right now? Seriously? Who are you going to show your ass off to? Well, I know, I know Macy's is open. I'm just like, why? Wow. <laughs> And that doesn't make any like, sense because they can do it all online anyways. If people really need, you know, to buy a new pair of pants, I'd definitely make them tight enough so everyone will want to sleep with you. But other than that, what do you – there's no one to sleep with. There's nowhere to go. There's no – there's there's nowhere to look good for. Like, there's nothing – Like, why would you want to pick up anybody right now anyway? <laughs> well, I mean, I get it. People are lonely right now, and – and uh, well, yeah. if you didn't, if, if your little COVID team, when you locked down, you didn't have a friend with Benny's or a boyfriend that you didn't want to murder. Uh, I mean, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the celibate folk I'm raising my hand over here in the corner. <laughs> uh, I actually just got off the phone yelling at Bloomingdale's about my credit card. <laughs> Obviously they're open because so with a lot of things like, you know, a lot of credit card companies and even student loans have, like, waived uh, payments until, like, a couple of months. And example, with my credit card, um, I waived the payment until July. And then they want to call me asking me about a payment. I'm like, no, motherfuckers, this is the agreement. And I'm like, and I said to them, you guys, I know you guys are opened up as a store. But you can't go back on an agreement, especially with a pandemic going on, yeah. and you have this waiver, and you're being greedy over $27. And we're not and allowed to you cannot go work. Back. How are we supposed to – oh, the credit card companies are going to come after That's us in a exactly time when we I have said. no ability to work? Like, are you kidding me? No money. No money. Yeah. No job. No income. I have no That's income. You're going to come after me for – yeah, like you said, $27. Please. Yeah, and I'm like, uh-uh. So I'm just like, add that to, like, the shit storm. And, like, my grandmother died a couple weeks ago, which oh. I told you about, and her funeral is this weekend. Oh. And I was on the fence about going. That would mean me flying to Kansas City. Wow. And I'm not comfortable. No, getting on a plane? No. Flying. With recycled air? No. No. And exactly. Flying four hours. Then going to a funeral where there are going to be older people and, you know, and people are going to be hugging and crying. I already know. Yeah. And then it's just, you know. You don't want to be the much. vector. Well, that's the thing is people are forgetting yeah. that when this first started, you, if you get it and you go out, you become a vector. And you infect a lot of other people unwittingly, unknowingly. But that's why we're wearing masks. That's why we're staying inside is that if you're asymptomatic – we nobody knows and so don't you know 
go be a get on a plane and go be a vector and go to another place and move it from place to place. It ta- listen to the doctors. Like the doctors keep saying, yeah, they're like, hey, everybody, it's not. I know you're bored and I know it's difficult, but it's not over. Exactly. And Adele lost all that and weight. You know, I, so how do we know when it's over? Sorry, I just stole a Nathan Lowe joke. I just totally ripped the Nathan Lowe joke off. But <laughs> it's a good joke. Uh, but look, I gave him credit because I'm not a thief. I mean, even like protesting, because I've been out protesting myself, but I've been trying to be cautious about not being up on people and keeping my distance, you know. Yeah, of course. I know with all the protests going on worldwide, yeah, I know it's not a good time, but it has. when is there a good time? Well, there's never – I mean, when, when is a good time to stand up to the systematic racism that's happening and been pervasive in our country for years and years? And isn't it just – isn't it ironic that at the time when people are finally saying, hey, here is the huge glaring issue – with our in the entire system that democracy that our democracy our false democracy is based on that our capitalistic uncaring unfeeling democracy is built on which is that uh free labor or labor that isn't equitable is no, you're, better you're right. for free labor Free labor. Well, it was. I mean, slavery is obviously free labor. And, and when you're looking at the prison, prison industrial complex, which is, as we know, is completely racially biased, that is legalized plantation. slavery. Plantation, absolutely. You're owned by the government when you're a felon. You're not allowed to vote anymore. And you work basically for free, doing whatever they want. They can test on you. They can do whatever. You're not a person anymore. And somehow we've sort of accepted that. But, so, but all of these layers and layers of what we've been built on we're finally saying, hey, this is fucked up. And that people are coming together and coalescing and saying, let's not murder people. How about, how about having the police be stop trained in us. a different way so that they don't shoot before asking questions? Stop, stop killing us? Yeah. Uh, let us have the same equal rights as others and give us our fucking reparations. Amen. Well, it's and, you know, it's human right. This is a human rights violation. We're killing people because of the color of their skin. It is, and that is the and number one civil rights, human countries. rights issue. Well, and who are we to go to other countries talking about human rights? Ain't that a bitch? Yeah. You know, that's what something you know, as black people, that we've always talked about, like human rights. You, you want to go to like uh, North Korea and talk about human rights violations? Look at us. Yeah. Yeah. It's right here at home. I mean, look, look, exactly. And, and, it, and we're, you know, we're finally looking at it, and people are standing up and protesting and saying enough's enough. But it's during this time when everything's shut down. So little conspiracy brain Benjamin goes, wait a minute. Maybe they, maybe they did this on purpose. Like if we weren't in this COVID situation and everybody started – there would be the protests would be twenty times larger, don't you think? Like if we, I don't know. If we, if COVID hadn't happened, and well, that's the other question. If COVID hadn't happened, would these 
human rights violations finally would we finally start looking at the pervasive racial issues with our country would we or would we just a question i've thought about so did it take the covid to spur everybody into realizing that the world's falling apart or that it already had been falling apart or humanity yeah i mean and and i think something that's also really important because not only are we just talking about white supremacy throughout the world but we're also talking about how much militarization that we have in the these police. They get yeah. and all the money that these police departments get over like education. Sure. And you know, all that billions of dollars. Why is the police department getting billions of dollars and schools are not getting shit? Right. You know? And you know, Unfortunately, what I think another reason why white people are starting to realize this is those protesters that are protesting, some of those white kids are their sons and daughters or friends or family that are getting their ass beat by the police, and they're seeing that. You know, they saw the police push a 75-year-old man, uh, protester, peaceful protester, white man, who usually protests. Who, they pushed him down on the ground. He's still in the hospital with a concussion and brain injury. <sighs> They're seeing the, – the thing is, when we talk about our racism, how it doesn't just affect us. Eventually, it's going to affect you. This is the effect of – yes, this is going to affect you too. You have now white supremacists um, shooting – shooting people because of a statue. This happened in New Mexico where some vigilantes, they were trying to, um, the protesters were trying to take down the Spanish conquistador statue because he murdered a bunch of indigenous. And you had some vigilantes come, white supremacists, we'll just say that, come trying to scare the protesters shooting and shot someone. I'm actually worried about the that, that kind of stuff, the stray bullets when they're shooting and they ricochet and then it goes into a small child's eye or something terrible. Just, I don't know, things are getting really too militaristic for me to conceptualize, you know, well, like. <laughs> right. I was just watching this video of, you know, this white family, this little white girl putting up Black Lives Matter uh, uh flyers and stuff that they put and you have this crazy white supremacist white man on a bike ripping stuff out of this little girl's hand scaring her and her mom's a little girl you do that to a child it's uh, it's so (sighs) i know their children are protesting and they have no respect for children and old people i mean for the love of god like, let's not throw old people on the ground. But not even that. It's people. Whether their age, whether they're the color of their skin, whether their whether they're, uh, status in this country, whether they be an immigrant but or whatever. Why are we, why are we injuring people as... In Seattle, a, a, a kid who's protesting 
stupid fucking pig sprayed pepper spray in that kid's eyes on purpose. This is like an eight-year-old kid. It, it, it's, it's unreal. I mean, I guess it's not because it, we murder children in Afghanistan. We've been killing people, at children in other countries, and now civil unrest has come home, and we kill, we hurt people here too. I guess that's the, I guess that's the lesson of America, is don't, don't get out of line, or, or we'll, we'll mess with you too. That's basically what, what you're saying is, yep. Oh, the world is falling apart. It, you know, and it just makes me want to get drunk on White Claw. Do you know? Like, and <laughs> that's what, I, this time has been crazy, I think, for a lot of people. Bec- and I've been talking to a lot of people about their alcohol consumption. It's, things, things are getting hectic. And when that happens, I like to escape myself. And I think that a lot of us are, uh, overindulging. I had way too many White Claws the other night. I had too much kombucha yesterday. Oh, can you really? Can that happen? What happens? Your microbiomes get all bombed out? What happens? I think I feel a little bit hungover. From kombucha. kombucha. Now that's a lot of kombucha. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I haven't eaten anything today, so I'm feeling on the nauseous side. Yeah. But and White Claw has been my new go-to as well. I've been, like, not drinking beer and wine and trying to find other things. Like, I call it White Girl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's Zima. It's, it's, it's rebranded Zima is what White Claw is with less calories. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. yeah with less calories. Yeah, with, and it's, uh, it's so great if, like, during these COVID times, you've decided to go sort of anorexic, you know, you go for the lo- really low alcohol uh-huh. or low, high alcohol, low calorie content. Yeah, White Claws fucked my shit up. I did some drunk test, drunk testing, texting the other night because I was. Oh, really? Yeah, no, seriously, it was like I wanted to write like a hot, dirty P rap about it. Like, um, I got crunk on the white call. Drunk texted because I'm basic. I say some real shit when I'm wasted. Uh, yeah, I... Stupid. Dumb. But it's not my fault. I'm going to blame it on COVID because what else am I supposed to do? No, I, I shouldn't be getting drunk on White Claws. You know, I just, I just read an article, too, about... This is funny. Drug sales are really low, especially in the cocaine department, and how the price of cocaine is going to be up because... Up or down, if no one's buying it. Exactly. (laughs) If no one's buying it because they can't get to their dealer because they can't leave their house, the price shouldn't go up, it should go down. Because there's a glut of it on the market. Right? I don't know how an economics works. There's a shortage of uh, uh, coca leaves, like... Oh, because no one's farming them in their place? I mean, has COVID reached Peru? Are there, like, Peruvian farmers up there by Machu Picchu that aren't making cocaine leaves anymore because of the... Not that I'm like, what do you do? Yay, cocaine. But uh, I think it's an interesting thing if you're saying the sales are down. In the tenderloin, heroin is up. Or how about this? I don't know if heroin usage is up, but the needles on the street, because there's no safe place to throw them away because they've closed everything down... It's wicked dangerous. There's needles 
I mean, I'm going to say there used to be like, you know, I'd see a needle every six blocks. I'm seeing like six on every block, and that's even a low estimate, maybe 16. I'm seeing people just sitting on the street shooting up everywhere. I mean, and I live in the Tenderloin, so, you know, unfair. It's not like all over San Francisco the world is falling apart. But in the Tenderloin itself, I'm seeing people like sitting on the side of the street just shooting into open sores, and you're telling me that that's not dangerous for COVID? Like, I don't know. I, I just I that's why it's hard for me to to figure out and wrap my brain around what is really important right now because I don't know people are shooting heroin into open sores on the street and that's not that's Oof. not dangerous and unsafe. Jesus, Jesus. I know. So sad. I know. It's scary, crazy so this stuff. This article that I got is from the Washington Post and it. it it's titled, The Coronavirus Has Gutted the Price of Coca. <laughs> it could reshape the cocaine trade. And so they said, they're calling it the Great Coca Crash of 2020. <gasps> Prices of the leaf in some regions of South America have fallen as much as 73%. What? Which illustrates the ex- extent of the pandemic is disrupting the global trade, including the traffic of illegal drugs. Whoa! <laughs> That is that is not that is bananas, that is coconuts, that is coca leaves. The I, I, that's so funny to me that the free cocaine we win. COVID's fun. <laughs> we all get free cocaine now. Is that what's happening? No, I understand the whole the whole global markets are being affected. Well, I'm wondering when the what's going to happen to the food sources. Like there seems to be food everywhere now still, but where. Is that going to go? Are we going to have these shortages? Are oh, there going to be? Because that's were, that's when we freak out. Meat shortage. Meat was one. Well, good. Let's all be vegetarian. <laughs> the, that's what's going to make us really riot. We think, oh, uh, uh, racial lines, police brutality. This will make us riot a little. Um, COVID, getting out of our houses, blah, blah, blah. Is that going to make us riot? I don't know, a little. But we're, people will fucking lose their fucking minds if you take away the food source or if the food source gets infringed or impinged upon in any way that's when it'll go down and because people need to eat and that and isn't that what happened with the french revolution like marie antoinette let them eat cake and everyone's like we have no bread we have nothing to eat and then jean valjean he is in jail because he stole a piece of bread you know from and that's when it all goes down is when – what do we do? We max out our credit cards because we don't have any money but because we need food. And then they come after us with the credit cards, but then there's no food to buy with the credit, and the people riot. We've got to feed the people. I'm not so worried about a food shortage. There is – they were talking about – I believe we read this back in April or May about – Beat shortage possibly happening, but my thing is, you know, and the thing is also too, uh, like in the middle of the pandemic, a lot of food was going bad in the farms, and they were just throwing the food away, like all the crops, because they couldn't get anyone to pick the crops because right. of COVID, and so a lot of food got wasted. I think we talked about this too, um, where a lot of food 
just got destroyed. That's stiff. when they could have took some of that food to food banks and and uh, to their local communities and just sold them. Yeah, or turn the oranges into marmalade. Do something. Don't throw it away. Do something with the tomatoes. Can them. Yeah, give them away. That's the yeah. other thing. Why destroy it when you could just give it away? Because 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 we're That's, capitalist pigs that want money for everything, and it makes more economic sense to destroy something and make scarcity in the market than it does to give it away. Uh, where's an econ major when you need yeah. one? <laughs> I know. Where's the leadership when you need one? Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. And we can't even get on that. Like – can we just put a vote of no confidence in anybody? Like, I don't trust Biden because he has Alzheimer's. I don't trust Trump because he's this narcissistic sociopath. So what are my, those are my choices. I get narcissistic sociopath who's ruined everything, who's ruined everything. We have that, or we have a literal puppet. Like we didn't, we didn't I, learn I our call, lesson. I call him Jim Crow Joe. Well, we, did we Jim not Crow learn Joe. the lesson from Alzheimer president in the past, Ronald Reagan? Like, yeah, he was a puppet. He was a puppet on a string. Yeah, he was an actor that we turned into a governor and then a president who read scripts and was a likable guy, I guess. But he was losing his mind. Damn. How you sound very un-American right now. Don't you know we don't learn our lessons from anything? Just look <laughs> at the pandemic of 1918. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we don't. didn't learn from that. Just look at the civil rights movement in 1964. Clearly. Look where we are now. We didn't learn from that. We didn't learn We don't thing. learn. Yeah. We would just repeat. Right. Look at all the Karens uh, who are calling 911 on black people mm. and getting fired for, doing, uh, for falsely accusing people. They don't, people don't learn. Well, it's. I think that the problem is that we've moved our society from a one of critical thinking and reading newspapers and making decisions for oneself into the constant imbibement of images and news. And so people are believing what's on the screens that are right in front of them that they're attached to. And the lesson that we've been taught for years and years on the news specifically and in newspapers and on the, online is that – Black media. people are scary and bad. That is in the media. And I hate when our president goes like, oh, the liberal tired media, the liberal media, they're all demonizing me. Well, you know who the, all the media has been demonizing since the 80s? Black people. Like you could go, why, do, why, are Karens, why are Karens so afraid? Why? They're people. We're people. We're all people. Well, why, and where did that trope come from? That's the thing. If, if there's a baby and you put the, you have the baby look at people, the baby doesn't have fear unless, like, you instill fear into the baby. But that's pe- people. We're all – it's just so silly to me that we are have the same human DNA, but that somehow these outward signs – I mean, you know, you know how I'm a sizist. I have, I, I have, I got my, my, my first kind of really fat friend and he's a really good guy and we're really good friends. And I think he's a great person on the inside and, and I'm trying to change my mind about the things that I've thought, the, the stigma that I've had in my head about that, about fat people. 
because I'm because I'm a size I'm a terrible person. I mean, I, I'm just going to admit my bias. I've been afraid of fat people because I had an eating disorder, and I was always so afraid of being fat. So that's the one thing I'm so scared of being is becoming that. And so I have this, like, fear of it. And I'm, I'm trying to learn how to get over it and not be so close-minded. But yeah. how do we overcome all of the images that have been thrust at us, all of the messages that say... You... There's, I forgot who gave this quote, and it's a it's a recent quote, and it, it people white people are asking how do we fix this our racial divide, and for the victims that's not our job to tell you to tell you how to fix it that's oh. on you because you created it. So you figure out how to fix it. That that is exactly the right thing I needed to hear. That is such exactly. It's not the victim's fault that we've been victimizing them. And how dare we ask the victims for a solution to what we've, to the, to the violence that we've pep- perpetrated. That'd be like asking yeah. all the For women who've still, been like, raped, like, yeah. figure out the rapists. And it's like, uh, we're dealing with trauma right now. Like years and years of systematic yeah. trauma and then how entitled and horrific, and, and, and that we, that I speak as all the white people, that we say, hey, victims, who, what, although, who, who better to lead the fight, but who better to lead the fight against, with, for change than the victims who say, this is what is, that, well, uh, no, so maybe I guess we exi- we realize now, these, we've victimized a bunch of people. And it's time to reverse that victimization or at least try to make amends or at least acknowledge it and say, hey, our entire country was built off your free labor. And yet we make no nod or amends to that. I think people are starting to realize it now. What was surprising is the fact of how popular the movement is. And that's another thing that I worry about. Because I don't want this movement to just start becoming a fad. Because uh-huh. you have people out here like celebrities and and influencers that are taking pictures in the middle of the protest so they can post them on their Instagram or to show you know, how woke people, they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or you have Hollywood celebrities that are like hashtagging Black Lives Matter, but have made problematic statements and racial statements before yeah like for example mark Wahlberg, you know he has had hate crimes he three hate crimes that he did when he was a, a teenager and right well because he's like a boston also, south you know not that that gives exactly, him any excuse but you know, you know about the boston southies how racist those irish people are yeah. they just want to fight I mean, yeah well, that's what exactly. one of my my Glasgowian buddies was just saying that there was a protest in Scotland and he went out to support Black Lives Matter and that 200 like hooligans came in and they were like, oh, it's time to fucking fight. Yes. And they just started throwing shit and being totally yep. ruining, ruining the concept of the movement by by perpetuating violence. And being like, oh, that's it's what, time for a fucking fight, yeah. Yep. 
So yeah, the, that's what's going on in the UK right now. So you have these white supremacists, and most of them are the soccer hooligans. Um, I've seen videos of them attacking and throwing rocks at protesters and uh, black people and brown people in the UK. So shit's going down there, you know. And you know, I'm just what I'm really happy though is. It's going on worldwide. Yeah. This movement is not just our movement here in the States. You have the movement like like in Scotland, yeah. like in the UK, which is part of Scotland. You have them taking down King Leopold's statue, who was an evil, evil son of a bitch. Um, and for those who don't know who King Leopold is, read about the Congo. Oh. It's vicious. It's brutal. I believe um, he's not Dutch. Uh, well, the Dutch are the worst, man. They they invented capitalism. Those, I mean, I love I love the Dutch, but the system, like, I love people. But, but sometimes you can look at the, a country's history and say, like, oh man, like, and yeah. that that was the thing with the Dutch is they I mean, st- they stood back and said, like, hey man. Not our deal. We just build the ships. We just build the slave ships that we sell to these people. We don't put the slaves on them. Well, we kind of do. We got the Dutch East Indies thing. What? But what we do, we just build the ships. If you, what, however you want to use the ships, you use the ship. I mean, we built them with slave quarters that you can, like, lay them this direction. But we're not telling you what to do with our ships that you buy. Like, they'd sell yeah, this ships. This is a big point, too, with the, with the Dutch did colonization in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because they needed all of the, because the, the Dutch are capitalists and they needed all of the raw materials to build all of these things. Like, it's not that they have tons of lumber up there uh, to build ships. Maybe they do. But they, that was their whole, that was their whole game is building all the warships well, for everybody. Yeah, well, they got rich off of stealing from Africa with yeah. diamonds and raw materials, like you said. Yeah. You know, that, you know, it, it's, there's a whole history there that now people are starting to read mm. about, which they should have been. If people knew the history, I think, I'm not going to say these things, there won't be systematic racism. I think people would be a little, their eyes would be a little bit more open, you know. Yeah. And especially here in the States where no one, especially white people that like to say, go back to your country, oh. <laughs> which I find hilarious. Like there was a video of this. You kidnapped us. We can't Arizona. get back. You. It's like it's the same thing with a victim. It's asking the victim like it, it, it's a kidnapped child. And uh, and they say, well, OK, find your find your way back home. After you've been, you know, that you were kidnapped and living in someone's basement for 20 years, and now they, they let you go, and they, oh, okay, go home. You don't have no, you don't have home to go to. You were kidnapped. Well, there's a, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, like, white people, hear me. You racist white people, listen to me. This is not your country. <laughs> you, stole it, you can't tell people to go back to where you come from. Amen. Okay? This you is... go back to where you come from. If you want to rebuild the Mayflower, go ahead. But I don't think Europe really likes American white people right now. 
because right. they, they got their own shit, and they look at us as stupid. So you're going to be an orphan out here. Time to go to the moon. Americans. Time to go to the moon. Oh, don't let them do that. Don't, no, no, I know. I'm just making a joke, too. but <laughs> what are we going to colonize next? What can we take over next? What can we get for free? What land exists that doesn't belong? Yeah, I know. And it's like Native Americans. We're like, all oh, this land is ours. And they're like, well, all the land belongs to everyone. And they're like, well, not you anymore. Well, it never belonged to us. It belongs to all of us. Nope. Now it belongs to me. <laughs> I manifest destiny. Everything I can see from sea to shining sea, no matter who lived there before. <sighs> it's mine. I claim it. Which is why I yeah. say, hey, baby, it's, uh, it's time to... It, uh, it's time to loot. I'm finally going to get myself a house. No, I'm not. I'm not going to loot. I'm not encouraging anybody <laughs> to steal from anybody else. I'm not encouraging that. Don't steal. Oh, this is a crazy thing I overheard the other day as I'm walking through the Tenderloin. Um, one questionably housed man was talking to another questionably housed man, and he said, you watch out, man. Those bitches will steal everything from you. And I, like, overheard this conversation for a minute about people jacking each other's stuff. And I just thought, I mean, even when we have nothing, do we still want to take from other people? Or it's it's not that. It's not that we want to take. It's that when, when you are so, when the situation is so dangerous, and you, and your 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 living your your health and safety is so precarious, you're trying to survive, and so you try to get what you need to survive and a lot of times that involves stealing from other people and maybe if we didn't have people in those situations they wouldn't feel the need to steal but like hey everybody don't steal from each other please anyway that's just a shout out (laughs) (laughs) don't steal just because my bag my bag was stolen and I'm still like you know I'm still not recovered really I still don't have all my stuff back from that lossage and 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 I was a I'm a poor person too, and it's like poor stealing from the poor. It sucks. Right. It sucks. That's that's when the time when people start getting desperate and doing by all means necessary. By yeah, by any means to but stay alive. Sucks. Yeah. And I just I'm still hoping it's gonna height. get better. It's still from still from people in the marina. Uh, yeah, right? Steal from people that aren't even going to notice what you've stolen from them because they have so much stuff in their three-story open concept home. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> go, to Mar- go to Marin. <laughs> go to, yeah, go to... Could you imagine if the Bart had ever gone to Marin? Oh, that would be the best protest. Is like, bring all the riffraff to Marin. Give us your stuff. I and they're like, we're not socialists. We're capitalists. They didn't want the BART there, like, back in the day because of they were afraid of people in the city coming in. Yeah, of course. It's the same know. thing with – it's the same reason why the, the BART isn't along the 680 corridor through – I mean, it goes from Walnut Creek to Concord and then all the way up to Pleasant Hill and then all the way up to Antioch now. But the reason that it doesn't go from Walnut Creek through Alamo, through Danville, through San Ramon, all the way to Pleasanton to meet up with the other BART that goes to Livermore, is that the rich people didn't want the riffraff in their fucking hoods. They're like, gross. People that can't afford cars. Ugh, people that use public transportation. Ew. They're not upper middle class, upper class. Uh, So this is what my dad sent me the other day. 
I want to close it with this, uh, with, and that you can have closing okay. comments too, Latoya. But this is what my dad sent me. Uh, this is from 12 4 2002. It's, it's from an old Ann Landers, Dear Abby. Dear Ann, I am an English teacher, and my students are reading George Orwell's 1984. I am having a difficult time explaining communism, socialism, and fascism without giving a time-consuming history lesson. I recall you printed a humorous explanation of these concepts using cows. Will you please print it again? I'm sure it will kickstart a lively class discussion. A teacher in Mississippi. Here we go. Socialism. You have two cows. Give one cow to your neighbor. Communism. You have two cows. Give both cows to the government, and they may give you some milk. Fascism. You have two cows. You give all the milk to the government, and the government sells it. Nazism. You have two cows. The government shoots you and takes both cows. Anarchism. You have two cows. Keep both cows, shoot the government agent, and steal another cow. Capitalism. You have two cows. Sell one. Buy a bull. Because then your bull will fuck your cow and you'll get more cows. Because you enslave the cows! Anyway, that's what my dad mm-hmm. sent me. So, thanks, Dad. Dear Anne. Wait, so, is your dad still on the Trump thing? Or no, he's... I don't know who he's going to vote for. I don't think he'll vote for Trump. I don't think he'll vote for Biden either. I don't know. I think he's like one of those disillusioned Republicans that says, I believed in this my whole life. I mean, he's a boomer. He's a straight-up baby boomer. So is my mom. And they grew up in this time where their lives were better than their parents' lives. And they were like, okay, we need to have children that create lives that are better than our lives. And they did it for a while. I mean, my brother has a lot of money and a very successful life and a wife and the children and all the things and the stuff. And they all have all the things and stuff they need, even more. And they go wine tasting and they do all their things and stuff and it's great. And and he did it. They live the American dream. And then they have this crazy daughter but they raised me to do whatever made me happy so they should be technically happy with me because all I do is wake up and go to a radio station and express myself which is all I ever wanted to do and run around and do whatever I want to do make art support other people's art etc etc and isn't that what they wanted they wanted me to be happy they wanted me to do whatever I wanted to do but somehow without being dependent without being dependent on them either. Right, without being dependent. But without being dependent upon money. I mean, I live off like yeah. less than I live on like less than $1500 a month. All told everything. Uh, even less than like 1000. I mean, so it's insane. I'm not I get it. Not everybody can live like me and not everybody can live like my brother. But there's got to be some middle ground and there needs to be we don't give everybody the opportunity that we say we do. Pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. Well, what if you ain't got no boots? And first of all, that pull you up by your bootstraps thing is horseshit. It's totally horseshit. And what if you pull, what if you pulled yourself by the bootstraps, but then they burnt it down? Right. Yeah. What if? Uh, well, even this. Would I tried to con- talk to some a young child the other day. He's twenty, so he's just a child, right? But about how we demonize single mothers. In the United States. They're doing twice as much work. Yeah. They're pulling themselves up by their bootstraps every fucking day. And we don't give them, oh, we, what do you want, one of our handouts? 
they're doing jobs that aren't being equitably monetized. Being a mom doesn't get paid. And yet, you're not allowed to be a mom because you're out working because you have to work. But then if you have two jobs and you never see your kids, then you're a welfare mom. Like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But if we equitized people's labor and gave monetized women's work, quote unquote, instead of putting it in the contract of marriage, then we wouldn't demonize single moms because they because we'd care about motherhood as a job. But right now it's like, oh, you're supposed to do that and you have to feed them and you have to do this. And they go, well, why don't you have a husband? Well, why are you saying that my whole life has to be dependent upon somebody else to save me? Why can't we have a system where people can be taken care of? Especially if they're working hard. And why is it that people work really hard at certain jobs and aren't paid for them? I just don't get it. Because, and everyone else is in their smarty pants house right now on their fucking computer. Oh, COVID's fine for me because you're still working and you're not doing anything. You're not creating anything. You're passing around memos. What are you making? What are you doing? You're selling things for Amazon? I don't, I don't know. I'm so, I don't know how to fix it. Yay. Last words, Latoya. How are you going to fix it, Latoya? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I wish I had answers. Indeed. All I can just do is fight. Uh, yeah, all it. all we can do is fight. There we go. That's right. Hey, everybody, be out there, be safe. You too, Latoya. If you're gonna go to um, if you're going to protests, please wear a mask. Be safe. Try to stay away from. I, try to socially distance still. Yes. Yes. I will be safe. I will be smart and wear a mask and fight. Yay. Well, thank you. You're the best. And I love your updates. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Can't wait to see you once you, once the world stops falling apart. (laughs) Never. Never. Bye, you pussycats out there in podcast land. Yay. Sheriff of Truth, giving you what's going on in COVID news. Uh, Hey, we're going to listen to a little bit more of Katomi because I'm obsessed. And and why wouldn't I be, huh? Uh, This is more Katomi.
We're going to be right back with a script by Warhol Kaufman right now. I'm just, thanks for LaToya, the chef of truth, calling in. And we're in the middle of some Call Me Tim. Again, we're going to be reading from the Murder in Mick series, Murder in Mick, Murder in Mid City, the Mick series. It's going to be coming up uh, right now. I'm just playing some Katomi because uh, I'm obsessed with Japanese cool music. want to do licorice and jay paul do you want to do um kilroy and then whoever wants to to be the narrator i i am down i can do it too if i'll do narrator okay cool uh, i mean Sweet. so who has i guess we should give it to whoever has the fewest lines otherwise. licorice doesn't talk quite as much uh but starts to talk later but then there's other characters too there's like other random stuff that comes in too. Okay, I'll fill uh, in. So I'm Cincinnati. No, who am I? 
I'm licorice. Um, Pam, do you want to be Kilroy and uh, J. Paul? Sure. You be licorice and God. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Cool. All right. Uh, you want me to start off by like episode Zen part two or whatever? Oh no, we're on uh, sixteen. You could just start from page sixteen, interior unidentified spacecraft. Okay, cool. No title or anything. No, it's fine. Cool. Got it. When are we starting? I think it's good. Right That's now. That's good. Yeah. Hi, radio audience. Interior unidentified spacecraft, space time. Fog fills the craft. Everyone coughs. The fog slowly clears. <coughs> Licorice moans, writhing lively from her spot on the floor. The scene flickers to static and into HD color in the evaporating mist. Kilroy stands, wearing a scaly, glowing jumpsuit, which emits an intermittent hum. My shit, man! Fear me! Mick checks his pockets, pulling out a small notepad. Coughs, stubbing out a cigarette, while lighting another. So, you live on the roof. Kilroy checks unseen pockets, pulling out a series of items he seems to find familiar. Books, the camcorder, and various inexplicable treasures. My knife. I wish I had my knife. Kilroy spins, shouting. I wish I had my knife. Kilroy jumps up and down. My knife! My knife! The skinny teen slumps to a spot on the floor near Licorice. Licorice spits up, drooling on herself in the floor of the craft. <clears throat> Kilroy scoots away. Mick sighs with a disappointing <coughs> laugh. I'm losing my mind. The scene flickers. Mick's office, Mick in his chair. Licorice swings in a hammock, snoring. Kilroy hugs his knees, sitting on Mick's desk. The scene fades to purple animation, a gang of three in their positions on the spacecraft. Like my suit? It's cool, right? Mick stands, stumbles, <coughs> setting himself on the wall. I need to know what the hell's going on. The scene flickers to static. This is what I'm talking about. Everything is everything. I'm gonna be an MC. Feeling sick. Perhaps this will help. Would you be more comfortable, white boy? Damn it. Gilroy jumps, slapping the ceiling. My turn! The room hums, transitioning to psychedelic colors. Are you comfortable now, dick boy? Remember that time? The room shifts to a washed-out golden glow. Mick backs away towards a wall, and Kilroy lowers himself to the floor. The voice changes. Maybe it's time for you to, to listen. The hum changes pitch. Licorice stirs. I don't want to chip, Ma. Vagilani. Les Avangines. Vents open in the door, in the floor. Steam climbs to ankle, then knee height. XX Executioner. Pandovage. Licorice coughs. <coughs> Kilroy and Mick edge away from the thick smoke. <coughs> Mama. 
Mist rolls away, and Licorice's new suit blends chameleon-like with the spacecraft's silver sheen. The robotic voice returns. U.S. military craft, Delta Niner, Sigma Omega. Symbols appear on the exposed holographic panel, Delta Niner, Sigma Omega. Exterior Mid-City Chronicle offices redacted 2015. Paperboy unlocks a blue bicycle and rides off, ringing the bell. Ex ring, ring, extra. extra! Extra! Liberty! Go down to the TV station! We got a tip! Ring, ring. We hear a bicycle's bell. Uncredited extra! Follow up at HQ downtown. Mission operative coordinates. Exterior NBC TV studio, redacted 2015. Slinky shivers in a bush. Find out what the hell happened on Wednesday. Sir, my daughter has been missing for days. Four days? Last time I saw her was her birthday. Shooting on an interrogation room, the Psy Task Force 7. Interior, U.S. military craft, Delta Niner Sigma Omega, space time. Ligorish rolls over, barely visible in her chameleon suit. Kilroy touches his chest and leaps, sticking to the ceiling of the spacecraft. Mick snaps shut his silver cigarette case, lighting a long brown cigarette with his old-fashioned metallic butane lighter. The room has a washed-out golden glow. Mick spits on the floor. What? No zero-G? Friggin' jip. That's Kilroy right. slaps the ceiling. That's racist! Zero-G! We hear a whir and a hum. The scene flickers to black and white. Licorice begins to levitate, still in repose, her suit blending with the air. Mick tries to find purchase against the slick metallic surface of the craft. As he begins to float towards the center of the increasingly claustrophobic space, Mick slaps the wall. I'm fine. Gravity returns. Licorice drops to the floor with a thud, blending ah. once again. Mick drops his lighter, catching a cigarette that floated away from his mouth. Kilroy remains on the ceiling, jumps up glowing dimly. Mama? Marie? Chick is losing it. Kilroy hangs upside down from the ceiling. Don't talk about my wife! Licorice slaps the floor. Help. Lost. In time. Get there. The scene flickers to blinding white and then fades to static and snow. We hear a whir and a hum. The scene flickers, blue sky over a small park. Mick leans against a basketball hoop. Kilroy hangs from a jungle gym. Licorice lays out on a bench. Where's my $800? The scene flickers. Mick checks his pockets. Gonna answer the questions? The scene cuts to static, then to the dressing room of the pretty lady strip club. Licorice lounges on a countertop. Mick leans against a dingy mirror, and Kilroy dangles from the light fixture. Don't ask stupid questions. Licorice stirs and sits up. The scene flickers to an overexposed shot of our three protagonists in Grand Hotel's roof, then flickers back to the spacecraft interior in black and white. Licorice yawns. From a sitting position, her suit blends, half with the metallic floor, half invisible in the air. Roy, and you're that detective. Mick realizes cigarette. Mike? Licorice wipes drool from her mouth. Mick offers the cigarette. She stands, seizing the cig from his lips. You don't mind. Licorice is barely visible, obscured by the shifting texture of her chameleon suit. Are y'all ready to have a conversation? Cause, uh... Kilroy executes a contained backflip. <gasps> Licorice shakes her head. $800? Mick looks at Kilroy. Licorice laughs. <laughs> 800 questions, or eight questions, deal. Mick considers, pulling out a Franklin bill. Where am I? 
Why did you abduct me? Nick mm. Flinch is pocketing the hundo. Fuck! Whoa. Whoa, whoa, lady. How about no arraignable phrases? Nick lights a cigarette. Fucking with my money now. You went comatose at the center of the dark heart of Mid-City. If we ever end up back there, assuming we ever left, it's a decent bet. <coughs> Faggot cancer. Nick scowls. Ugh. Some bad folks are waiting. Gilroy bangs on the wall. Windows! Windows! No! Windows! Panels shift, hiding the holography and revealing a slim band of translucence, through which stars glitter against pitch black. A satellite hurdles into view, perhaps on a collision course, then flies out of sight. The spacecraft shudders as the translucent panel transitions to opaque. Where are you taking me? What's Nick your name? Softly. Your real name. Let me out of here. Licorice stands slowly. I don't want to fight you. Hey, if you want to figure out how to go hurtling out to space, go right ahead, Missy. Licorice assumes a fighting stance. Tell me what's going on. We were hoping you could help with that. Licorice turns to look at Kilroy, who shrugs. She steps ah. back into a less aggressive stance. Money. And my knife. Nine questions. Super fair. Mick crosses the craft, fishing out the hundred and handing it to Kilroy with a cold stare. Where's, uh, where's the evidence you found in Nancy's condo? Kilroy snatches the hundo with a wild-eyed grin. I stashed it. Next question. Nick sighs, turning to licorice. You still want to fight? Where'd you stash it, kid? I'm not a kid. Answer the question. Kilroy turns away, mumbling. On my roof. Evidence? Of... Evidence of what? What's on the tape, kid? What's on the, the DVD? What was it? Kilroy snarls, leaving it next. <sighs> licorice moves to intercept. My knife! My knife! My knife! Licorice brings Kilroy to the floor and knee on his chest, still blending chameleon-like with the molecules around her, although her head and face are not entirely obscured. Answer the question. You're a little weasel, aren't you? Honey, just... Answer, answer the man. Kilroy struggles and spits, his scaly glowing jumpsuit amidst the smoky fog, shrouding the skinny teen and thick steam. Licorice releases the body, pulling the hood over her face, <coughs> blending completely with her surroundings. Kilroy leaps up. Freaking invincible fag, the folks. Mick throws his hands in the air. Fuck it. They'll murder me as I'm monkeying with these idiots. Mick pulls a finger gun from within his coat, waving it in front of his head. Flames <laughs> leap from the barrel of Mick's finger gun. <laughs> Mick drops the finger gun. We hear it skitter across the floor. In the Whoa, fuck? Shit. Mick leaps towards the sound of his finger gun, scrambling to locate the unseen weapon, stuffing it back into his coat. Jesus fucking age fucking creek. Fuck Christ. Mick spins and pulls out the closed switchblade, underhanding a level handle toss in Kilroy's direction. Kilroy shrieks, catching the blade. My knife! It was a CD. Some stupid bank records bullshit. 
uh, numbers and teeth and stupid jip wills and fucking, I don't know, man, dates, man. Who cares? Nick shakes his head slowly. Kilroy stashes the knife. Wait, so Kilroy gestures to licorice. Dumb shit. And your fuck tape. Nice. What's your OnlyFans? <laughs> Mick backs away, leaning on the wall. The mayor's financials. Kilroy rummages through his hidden pockets. Damn blueprints. Mick sinks to a seated position. <laughs> Property architecture. Jumbo Filth was filming, of course, that's extra. Dano records, coordinates, he's legal. All the evidence, it's on the, it's on the roof. Nick searches through his pockets, lighting a cigarette. Kilroy grins wickedly. Is that your next question? Kilroy holds a hand out. Nick considers. Next question. Nick smokes, thinking. Tell us everything you know about the shady motel. Kilroy glances back and forth. Nick hands the skinny teen two fifties. The fuck hotel? The whole fuck tell? Nick nods. Licorice holds her breath. Kilroy smirks. Everything. Everything. Y'all scammers. Kilroy plays with his knife. Now. Licorice touches Mick. She nods. I don't know anything. They keep girls there. That mask dude has badass dude. Kilroy flicks the knife out, waving it around, and stands, breathing heavily. Licorice restrains Mick. Anything you know. Kilroy closes the switchblade. Used to hack Marie's room on the dark web till that bitch whore library geese. They changed the policy. Marie was a hot piece. Vinyl says he's looking for Jumbo Jim as a bunker in the hills. What happened to him? Kilroy drops the knife and picks it up. How come I know everything? You answer some questions. I heard that fat fuck got his throat slashed. Fuck him. Never let me in. Nick pushes licorice away. Why do you care about the mayor? Kilroy throws the jumpsuit hood over his head, hiding his acne face. Filthy jumbo got me laid, cracker ass. Licorice stifles a laugh. <laughs> she begins to open her chameleon suit, partially revealing the form beneath its camouflage. I need to know some things. You said Vinyl's been to the Weeping Willow Motel? Kilroy nods slightly. My money, now. Licorice shakes her head. Answer my questions. You can have what you want. Licorice gestures to Mick. Get in the money. <laughs> Spacecraft Delta Nine or Sigma Omega shutters with the deepest hum yet. The scene flickers to a tinted high definition. Zero G returns briefly. Everyone floats, then settles back onto the floor as gravity is reestablished. We hear a whirring sound. My money! Doors begin to open within a wall of the seamless craft. Exterior warehouse by the abandoned docks, redacted. redacted. Shannon, carrying a silenced handgun, sho shoves large, smiling Charlie ahead of her down a muddy path. <laughs> she strikes his back with a pistol, and Charlie stumbles. <laughs> so, so, yes, so, so... Yeah, so... <coughs> the, the voice machine was empty. I I can see that's a liability. Shannon shoves the large man. Shut it. Shannon kicks Charlie, who stumbles toward the door of an abandoned warehouse, the inside of which is covered almost entirely in plastic tarps. 
You see shadows and hear a low whirring sound. Jeebus, no. The halogen lamp flicks on, revealing the gagged, blindfolded Paul Robison, former maitre d' of Mordecai's table, chained to a chair. Beside Camus, who stands in a hockey mask, rubber gloves, and apron with a small, whirring chainsaw, Carlos emerges from shadow, handing large Charles a small caliber revolver. Shannon waves her silenced handgun. Do it. Do it. Do it. Charlie adjusts his rumpled, bloodstained suit, straightening matted hairs across his sweaty brow. You, you want me to... <coughs> uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Charles lumbers over to the maitre d'. Camus backs up, switching his chainsaw to a lower speed. Charlie shrugs, cocking the revolver towards Paul Robison, former maitre d', who flinches. What? Is it matter? Large Charles smiles, sadly, shooting Paul Robison in the head. Charles pulls the hammer back again, firing an entirely redundant second shot, and the retired restaurateur slumps over in final repose. Interior, dark side of the underground mood bunker, top secret. Spacecraft Delta Nine Sigma Omega shutters levitating with an aquamarine glow. Lights strobe as scales play. The scene plunges to black light, static, black and white. Spacecraft Delta Niner Sigma Omega settles into a landing pad in a puff of milky steam and smoke. You owe me six hundo and a BJ. A good one from her. Delta Niner Sigma Omega. Dr. Ben Franklin D. Rodriguez converts, confers with Android Einstein by holographic workstation. The brain of Marie Curie shambles past in its robotic exoskeleton. A panel shifts on the exterior to reveal a slow opening set of translucent gates. I'm not giving you a BJ, kid. And blackout. Thanks, guys. Wow. Fade to white. Pancake was very specific. Fade to white. We're to in white. space. Yay. Can you can you email me that? I Isn't can. That cool? Yeah, I'll I'll uh, fix it up and Love you guys. flip it up and set it down. Thank you.
as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> burger mutiny radio thinks you'll find the best burger in san francisco at counter offer located inside bender's bar and grill counter offers menu aims to please your drunk face tater tots are served daily on tuesday nights counter offer serves specials off the taco bell menu only better you can enjoy your favorite taco bell item without the guilt counter offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. 
Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Yeah, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%, 5% yeah, Eastern Right, Standard I'm so time. lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Uh, let's watch full-length full movies. Oh, wait, let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, See you next month. <laughs>
streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> It's Bug Out Square. It's Tuesday. It's 6 o'clock. It's, um... Uh... Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Vinyl, Mutiny Radio.fm has the best program. <laughs> 
Check one, two. Hungry for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called?